Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another Wednesday edition of the pod, a special birthday edition of the pod. Yes, today is my birthday, and it's so great to be here with all of you getting set for UFC 251. Saturday night, July 11th, Masvidal Usman. Can't wait for it. And we got two great interviews coming up. First, with the one and only Ben Askren, who, of course, is tied to both Masvidal, suffered that record-breaking KO loss to him exactly one year ago this week, and the man he calls Marty Usman. So we'll get his perspective on that fight and the rest of 251. I'm looking forward to that. We will also talk to the head coach over at Sanford MMA in South Florida, Henry Hooft, one of the best coaches in MMA, head coach for Gilbert Burns, also longtime head coach for Kamar Usman before he moved to Colorado to not train in the same facility as Gilbert Burns. He hasn't talked about that whole uh, situation and all the drama surrounding it, so I highly suggest you stick around for that. But first, of course, the reason why we're talking about all this is because the UFC is headed to Abu Dhabi this Saturday with a triple header title fight card with amazing names top to bottom amazing fights it's ufc 251 i can't wait for it it's usman masvidal volkanovsky holloway 2 jan aldo you won't want to miss this one ufc 251 is exclusively available to espn plus subscribers for 64.99 visit espnplus.com ppv for more details also 30 for 30 podcast is back with season number eight heavy metals Inside the Caroli Gymnastics Empire is a groundbreaking seven-part podcast series that takes listeners on a deep dive into the lives and influence of Balak and Marta Caroli, the most successful and controversial coaches in USA gymnastics history. To listen to the trailer, subscribe to the 30 for 30 feed on Apple Podcasts. The whole season drops next Tuesday, July 14th on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Very excited about that. Also excited about today's program. Let's get it rolling, baby. And of course, want to let you know the pod may contain some language that's not suitable for all audiences. So listener discretion is advised. All right. Enjoy. Back in your life. On this Wednesday, July 8th, 2020, hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the program. As always, we are presented by Modelo. Modelo Especial. Good for those with a fighting spirit. And my friends, three days away, UFC 251, July 11th, ESPN Plus pay-per-view. I can't wait. I am so excited for Usman versus Masvidal, Volkanovski Holloway too. I'm so excited about Jan versus Aldo, the return of Thug Rose, Paige Van Zandt. So much to be excited about. This is a great card. I can't wait first time in 12 years that i'm not at the early july card but i'm not down about that because this is great we got the fight that we wanted we have so much to discuss with our guests today so let's not waste any time ben Askren up first you know he's tied to masvidal and usman you know he's always money this time he's even moneyer than usual enjoy i gotta say in 2019 it seemed like we talked to ben Askren every single week this year he's been a little elusive he's been a little distant so elusive yeah. you would ask me to come on well, I mean, let's be honest here. Not really active anymore. There's nothing to really talk to you about these days. Only active on Twitter. That's right. Holy smokes. What a hot take you had recently. DMX, underrated rapper. Come on. What do you think? You I don't, don't like he, him? No, he was great. I don't think he was underrated. I oh, think got, you, I think he was rated pretty high. Okay. Okay. I just don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like he's ever in that, you know, people put up their top five list. I feel like they never, ever include him. 
And uh, you know, I think you know maybe he doesn't make everybody's list, but he should he should make some lists, of course. Yeah, no, you have been. I mean, if if I'm being honest, you're you're entering prolific social media master territory at this point. You're doing a great job on social media. I guess you have a lot of time on your hands these days. Uh, no, I actually don't. You know, we're uh, we opened our fourth and fifth fifth wrestling academy uh, this spring, um, and then obviously I'm doing three or four podcasts uh, and coaching a lot. Um, so I'm coaching like 11 practices a week right now. So yeah, I'm, no, I'm pretty busy, but obviously, uh, you know, social media doesn't take that much time. You have a thought, you freaking click it on there, boom, type it in 10 seconds and you're done. You're very good at it. And you know, it's amazing. Um, exactly one year ago today was one of the most uh, memorable interviews in the history of my show. Do you remember oh, this interview? That was when I, okay. So July 8th was when I come on. Yeah. I, I, well, I didn't think about that, but yes, I do recall, of course. Um, and you made that, that joke on Twitter, but I, I feel like there was some truth behind it. Like, oh gosh, now for the rest of the week, not only it's the anniversary, but Masvidal steps up and he's in the news. Does it really bother you to have to see that all, you know, all the time over and over again, the flying, uh, the flying knee knockout? Uh, you know, I mostly scroll through it. There's very, very few times where I, uh, actually sit there and watch it. I mean, maybe five times over the course of the last year compared to say the, the million or so, uh, that it's posted. So I very rarely scroll through, but just having that on my timeline and then having to, you know, obviously the UFC and other MMA content people that I follow are posting all about them this week. And just like, you know, I don't hold grudges towards that, but it's like, eh, I would prefer not to see it if I can. Is it possible that you and Masvidal are like buddies now? I feel like you're actually, I don't think so. Friend. No, uh, I feel like there's a mutual respect now. I feel like there's no bad blood whatsoever. He kind of enjoys you. You enjoy him. I feel like deep down, maybe you're rooting for him because the better he does, the 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 better it makes you look. Because if he if he turned out to yeah. be a dud, right, then the, yeah. the, the the knockout would look worse. I don't know. I feel like you well, guys I don't are know. I feel, I feel like I feel. I sorry. I think I said this before. I don't think the not him. You know how is however much success he has or does not have. I don't think it has any impact. It was it was one move. It wasn't like you know he beat me fifty moves to zero. It was just it was one move and that was it. Um. You know, I did. I didn't ever hate him. I, you know, I kind of, I was kind of like in the middle of him, like there's some things that he does. I'm like, eh. as some things I do, he does. I'm like, eh, I guess that's thumbs up. You know, um, obviously <laughs> leading up to the fight, and, you know, yeah, I told you that was the fight I wanted. I knew that was my path to a title shot. I win that fight, I get the title. And so, if you remember, I beat Robbie Lawler. I had already booked my flight to Till versus Masvidal. I knew one of those guys would be, you know, top five, right? So Till would have won. He would have stayed at number two. Masvidal won. So I think he moved to, what was he, to three or four. So I, I kind of had that foresight to know that, that was the case. And then I had to convince George to fight me because if you recall, he got in a fight backstage with Leon. And he was kind of hesitant because of our training sessions to, to accept the fight, which, you know, he's trying to rewrite the history on that. But that's you can go through my Instagram timeline if you want to and see the dates. You know, there was the one where I had to call him uh, a naughty word. And that was I think that was the one that set him off because he, he referenced that that one video several times in, in the future. So I knew, I knew that was the one that really got to him. Um, and finally, you know, obviously he accepted and, you know, I thought that was perfect for me. Obviously it turned, it turned out not to be perfect, but that, that was where I wanted to be. No one wants this distinction, but I have a, a hot take for you. Is it possible? Uh -oh. Is it possible that that loss actually made you more popular? Is it possible that the way in which you handled that loss a year later yeah. has actually turned you into the ultimate baby face? Um, I, I mean, I, I think okay, I think that happened a little bit, right? But then you look at the other side of the coin. If I if I win that fight, I'm fighting uh, Usman for a world title. 
Mm. Um, I mean, we're talking about I could have been probably the most popular to, to definitely top three. If I win the Masvidal fight, I'm definitely top three most popular fighter in the UFC. There's just no doubt about that. I mean, I was probably at that time, I was probably a, definitely a top 10, but I think you could probably even argue a top five when you look at the, the metrics on social media. If I win that fight, I'm a top three for sure. Um, and then obviously if I was able to beat Usman, I would have been, you know, top top one or two, right? It would have been Connor and me. Um, so in some essences, yes, obviously it has made me more likable and, and that sort of thing. But at the same time, if I would have won that fight, I think I would have reached fairly high levels of stardom. Uh, do, do you miss active competition? Do you miss being in training camp? Do you miss the feeling of having a big fight? Do you miss any of that? Um, I, there, there's aspects of it. I mean, like literally, I don't train. I don't really train anymore. I can't. My hip is so bad. I don't really do anything. I mean, I have a hard time showing some moves at the wrestling academy. Um, I'm getting my hip fixed September one. You know, I kind of, I kind of thought. Obviously, I didn't know Corona was going to hit. Who knew that? Right. Um, so it was going to be after the camp season for me for wrestling camps. You know, we had obviously wrestling season, rest spring season, and then, then we do camps in the summer. I was going to do it after that because fall is relatively slow for us. So I'm getting it done in September. Um, yeah, obviously th there's things about it. I miss, I mean, I was a high level competitor for say a good tw 20, I don't know, 20 years of my life, maybe somewhere in there. I mean, if you were talking really high level, maybe, maybe 16, 17. Um, and I would say I lean towards, I'm enjoying my downtime and retirement, um, more than I miss the mm. miss it. Right. I guess if I missed it that much, I'd probably, I'd probably have some desire to go back. I, I don't really have any desire to go back. I mean, I feel like I pushed myself really hard for like, like again, close to a 20 year chunk of my life. I remember when I was a freshman in high school at age 14, I decided I wanted to quit football because I wanted to focus full time on wrestling. And that was when I started wrestling year round and competing at national tournaments on a very regular basis. And then I didn't retire till I was 35. So, you know, it's really kind of a 21 year, uh, that's kind of a marathon. By the way, when you get the, the hip replacement, um, what kind of recovery is that? Like how long before you can move around and just yeah. live a pain-free life? So I'm doing, the, I'm doing the Birmingham hip, which is, uh, I guess it's not a full, full replacement, but it is a replacement. Um, so they said I should be off crutches within two to three weeks, I think, something like that. But, they, you know, these are like full go. So they think I can do full go, which I was really happy about because with a full hip replacement, there's a lot of things you're not supposed to do. So, like, I really miss just getting on the mat and wrestling with the kids and, you know, some of our better kids, right? I, I miss being able to hop in and give them a look or wrestle with them or push them a little bit. I really miss that a lot. And so I'm really looking forward to being able to do that again, which – um, you know, this, they're saying a full year before I should go really hard. Um, but they said I should be kind of like, I want to say no, normal within three to four months, but they really want you to, to do it right. And obviously if I'm getting a freaking piece put in my body, I don't want, I don't want to do that wrong. So obviously one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you is because you are so connected to Masvidal and Usman. Um, obviously yes. you never got the chance to fight, uh, Kamaro, but, uh, you know, your, your UFC run was very much tied to both those guys. And I actually yes. want to start with something that you tweeted, I believe on Saturday morning, once we found uh -oh. out that Gilbert Burns was out of the fight due to his positive, uh, COVID-19 test. And then we, you know, we got the tweet from, uh, from Masvidal. We got the tweet from Colby Covington. You wrote Masvidal's being serious. To something to the extent of Masvidal. I said, yeah, I, said, I said, Masvidal means that Colby doesn't. And yeah. that, it was obvious to me. I mean, and it's, so maybe it's because of my relationship with Tyron Woodley and how many times I know, I know for a fact, Tyron's been offered that fight and accepted, I think, six times against Colby. And Colby has refused to sign the contract. He, he, at this point, he, he's trending towards the area of keyboard warrior. And I know he actually fights in a cage. I know he's actually good at fighting. But when you, you, when you say you'll do something and you don't actually mean it, that just takes so much away. And honestly... 
one of the sticks that Colby kind of had going for him was that he would just show up and fight, mm. right? And that was one of the things he had going for him. And now he's proving that to be false. I mean, he volunteered, you know, you remember at the, at the beginning of the Corona thing, he volunteered to fight Woodley a couple of times and, and everyone was for it except Colby. He said he would do it and they, and they didn't do it, right? And he's done this a few other times. So we just know he's, he's being a poser at this point. And again, that was a positive thing towards his character. Now it's actually kind of like, well, n everyone knows you're a fraud. So it's, it's not a positive thing anymore. Are you surprised ultimately that, okay, I'm going to ask you about two things I'm wondering you're, if you're surprised about. Number one, are you surprised that Masvidal took the fight on six days notice? Okay. Um, no, so I think I followed this up with a tweet and I said the same thing. Um, kind, I don't want to say it's a no lose for George, but it's damn near, un, uh, he can't lose it. And so one of the things was he got paid. I don't know how much more he got paid, but obviously that was why they put Gilbert Burns in. They didn't put Gilbert Burns in because that's a more enticing fight. That's not why they put Gilbert in. They put Gilbert Burns in because Dana's a freaking hard ass and he didn't want to pay George what George wanted to get paid. It was that simple, right? So he says, okay, well, we're going to use someone else then. And they did. Now, when that someone else is taken out and they really need a big fight, obviously they went and called Masvidal. And for Masvidal, my take would be it's more important for him to get paid what he's worth than to actually have a real training camp. And, you know, on top of that, I would say Gilbert Burns only got picked, what, like four weeks ago? It mm. couldn't have been that long ago. So, so prior to that, George was probably really training for the title fight. So if he did take any time off, it was a fairly minimal amount of time. Right? He was probably training for the title fight. I think it was going to be July 11th. He probably maybe went, uh, went with the Burns. He took a little bit of time off, but not all that much is what I'm guessing. And um, so for him, the fact that he got paid what he wants is that's probably more important to him. And then obviously if he wins, great. And now he can keep, keep demanding more money. If he loses, he can then turn around and say, listen, dude, I took this fight on six days notice. Give, give me a real title fight with a real training camp. As, as long as it's relatively competitive, that, that will fly. Considering all that Masvidal said in that past month when they gave the fight to Burns, right? He was very vocal about a lot yes. of uh, business-related things. Are yes. you surprised that the UFC went to him? Are you surprised they gave him this fight? No, they had to. And that, I mean, that was what he wanted, right? And before they had another option, that other option was Gilbert Burns. At this point, uh, you know, there was, I guess you could say maybe Leon Edwards was an option, but who knows if he was even um, training or, or, or anything like that. Um, yeah, so I think he was their only option. I think they needed a big fight, and that's why they went to him. Okay, so, I mean, the, surely they've thought about the repercussions. I mean, even once he got the fight, right? Like, he's on first take. He's on SportsCenter. I'm talking yeah. about Masvidal talking to me. Yeah, yeah. And he's continuing, like, talking well, about the business and all that. Imagine if he wins. They've got, like, they've oh, yeah. got a potential issue. Like, he has all the power, right? He has that's all something. Yeah, they're, they're, that's a, a risk that they're willing to take, apparently. I mean, business, there's no, there's no cut and dry answers in business. There's always risk-reward. What are we risking and what are we getting? I mean, I think I saw, I can't remember the exact number you said, but I, I agree with you that the number is going to be a lot. Uh, you and Daniel talked about how many more pay-per-views this is going to sell. Mm. Um, and, you know, no one was excited for Burns Usman. We just weren't, right? And that's, that's kind of across the board. <laughs> yeah, listen, you can laugh, but you weren't. And now, um, now that it's Usman Masvidal, listen, I scroll through social media a lot. Right. I'm not seeing any advertisements of, of Usman. I'm seeing a lot of advertisements of George Masvidal, annoyingly so. But I'm telling you, it's probably five to one. Yeah. It's probably five to one. People are excited for George Masvidal. They're not excited for... Uh, Marty Usman. It's really, it's really that simple. And they weren't excited for Usman Burns at all. Well, Usman's got to be thrilled, right? I mean, <laughs> George is doing so much promotion for this. Everyone's talking like 
regardless of if you think it's a hundred thousand more, two hundred thousand more, he's the champ. He's getting points. What? Did, how much more did you say you thought it was? I said five hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean that, that's, that's that's a huge number. There's um, nothing going on, and everyone loves Masvidal, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. I would say. Five hundred thousand seems like a lot to me because it was a th- it was a three title fight card. So I was yeah. I, I would have guessed let's say four hundred thousand or something prior um, with the three title fights, and then there's a couple other decent fights on there. Um, and now I would say maybe seven to eight hundred. So we'll say I'll say three hundred four hundred thousand, which I believe yeah. that was where Daniel's at. Yeah, yeah. I, I think those are both you know they're both reasonable guesses on what the truth is going to be. Um, yeah, I would have to assume Usman's going to be pumped, and I you know I don't know. Well, it also depends on how did how did Usman and Gilbert Burns go when they trained together? Was it was did Usman get the better of him? Did he not? I mean, if Usman knows I'm going to beat Gilbert Burns pretty easy, then I think maybe there's an aspect where he's like, well, I don't really like this. But if Gilbert Burns is giving him hell in the practice room and he thinks Masvidal is going to be an easier easier fight, maybe that way that's great for him. Isn't this better for Usman though? You go from the awkward situation of fighting a teammate or an ex-teammate, or, you know... A yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. To a guy that you despise? Way better to fight a guy you despise, no? Well, again, how did it go in the practice room? If, if he right. was mopping up Gilbert Burns, then, yeah, that's probably how he feels. But if, if Gilbert Burns was giving me a hard time, he knows this is, this is probably 50-50. There's a decent chance I'm going to lose my belt. Then, then, yeah, I think he's pumped about it. But if it's, if it's I'm mopping this dude up, he's a bum, then, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think he would be thrilled for the change. Knowing Usman like you do, do you think it annoys him that he's the champ and Masvidal's getting all the attention? Yes, it irks him so bad. I guarantee it. <laughs> why? Uh, you, I mean, you'd have to ask him for some deep-seated reason why, you know, and there's, there's, there's just some people that feel like they never get the credit and recognition they deserve. And, um, you know, in MMA, well, we've talked about this, era. you have to look at your personality and you have to see, okay, what about my personality is, is – perturbing people or making people not and so if it goes far enough to perturb them where they really hate you and they want to see you beat up say connor would be a great example of this that's the great thing right but we're in the spectrum of they love you and they hate you and you don't want to be in the middle right and that's mm-hmm. kind of who probably is just like to the middle where they don't really like him but they also don't really care that much um and that's a really bad spot to be in and, and yes I, I guarantee that Despite the fact that he's going to get paid a significant amount more, um, he is probably very, very annoyed and will carry that chip on his shoulder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. He's obviously not on, on Usman's level, but fair to say Masvidal is an underrated wrestler. I actually really think he's, I don't think he gets enough credit for his wrestling. When, when was a fight where he's wrestled a whole bunch? 
Well, you know, but I, I okay, he has it. That's not his bread and butter. But okay, I guess why I'm bringing this up is I see a lot of people saying Usman's going to ragdoll him, just like completely dominate him. I don't yeah. think that happens. Do you? Um, I think there's a possibility of it. Yeah, really? I, I think I think there I think there's a reasonable possibility of it. And you know, obviously Maya took him down handful of times and controlled them so i would say you know maya's probably got worse takedowns than uzman does um but obviously maya's but wasn't that a different masvidal though like he's changed dramatically since then i don't know i mean you know right he, so till didn't wrestle at all right that didn't, right. That didn't happen me obviously didn't get a chance to wrestle him and then obviously diaz was no, no wrestling right so we haven't necessarily seen um you know i, I know obviously he's put time into his wrestling and any values that he knows that's an important skill so that you know what i was going to say kind of there's a maya has great control right his control is outstanding uh, whereas maybe Usman's isn't. So I think maybe the bet is that he thinks maybe he gets taken down, but he can get up. And, you know, for, for a wrestler, that there's nothing more annoying when you go through the effort of putting someone something down and then they get back up. That's so annoying. You're like, oh, damn, just put this dude down. And I got to take him down again. And, it can, and obviously, if you have a lot of effort into the takedown, it can be exhausting as well. So three to one dog right now. Do you think that that's a, a fair line or are you surprised that it's that close, um, that big? Yeah, I mean, under those odds, I you know I would kind of lean Masvidal. I, mm-hmm. I think I would. I'm the odds maker. I'm going to make the odds a little bit closer. I think three to one is fairly significant. You know, I, I think he's kind of overplaying his non-training camp. Like I said, I think he was probably training, thinking he was going to get the fight, and then they went with Burns instead. So I, I would guess he's at least in decent shape, if not good shape. So do you feel like he has to win the fight in the first two rounds if it goes the distance? This is a no fight. No, no, I don't. Um, Why? You know, if he well, so okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with you know, and I think some people underrate this. Um, they think you know, as wrestlers, wrestling people is hard, right? So you're generally going to get tired. Throwing punches is actually not that physically taxing. Um, I wish I could remember a, a fight like this just to you know point it out. But sometimes wrestlers get tired, and when wrestlers get tired, and strikers still have a little bit of gas left, you know, may, you know, maybe like McGregor Mendez, where. You know, Mendez worked pretty hard to keep him down, and then you could tell when they got up in the second. And obviously, that was short notice, so maybe you'd make that as an excuse. But wrestling people can get exhausting, especially wrestling people for 15, 20 minutes. And then the fighter, the, the good striker, really only has to land a few really hard punches to put someone down. And so if, if you can make the wrestler get tired through wrestling and getting up and stuffing takedowns, and then you can get them to a point where, they, where they're pretty tired from trying to wrestle you, and you can land good strikes, that, that can be very beneficial to the striker. Why... <laughs> like I saw yesterday, I think it was yesterday. You you tweeted Marty sucks just out of nowhere. Like, what prompts you to do that? It's right. Social media doesn't take a lot of time. It's like, uh, you know, I think the, the thought came to my head, uh, or you know, maybe I saw it was that old clip of this is what I saw. I know, and I thought about it. I saw somehow on social media the old clip where they got in the fight at the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'm just like, uh, this dude sucks. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe other people will laugh at that thought. And so I just went on Twitter. I said, Marty sucks. That's, you know, and, you, and you didn't think like, it was, you didn't think it was endearing when he kept repeating, do something. Oh, it was so annoying. It was, I mean, it was the same thing when he, when he, when I said, am I sitting next to Marty? And I knew that would, that would irritate him so bad. And he rolled up on me. It's like, okay, dude, I know you're tough. You're a fighter. Like we fight in cages. This is what we do. Like, why do you got to act like a poser and act so tough here in the hallway? Because I know you're not going to do anything. I'm sitting here with flip flops on leaning my ass against the wall. Because you ain't going to punch me. You're not. Okay? You're not going to risk losing a title fight or losing an opportunity or getting fined because you punched me backstage because you're that upset. Like, you're just not going to do it. So stop faking it. You're faking it. Like, stop. Have you ever had a, a private conversation where you guys 
tried to clear the air, spoke no. about your differences, even after your retirement? Why? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have no interaction with him on, on a personal level. So I, I don't see that. If I had to work with him or something, I would try to clear the air, but I don't have to work with him in any way, shape or form. And so, no, I, will, I have no interest in that. DC told me back in the day, he, you know, he remembers him at, at the, the Olympic Training Center in Colorado. Did you have interactions with it? Like, yes, I, that's you, why. I know the whole Marty thing, but like, were you cool? That's well, this, this is the whole contention I have, Errol. He was just a normal, cool dude. Like, you know, at the Olympic Training Center, we all stay in the dorms. We all hang out. You pass each other. I mean, you go to the same practice every day. You eat in the same dining hall. There's, there's only two lobbies in the dorms. Like, everyone is very interactive, right? And so there's no time. You can't act like a poser and act all hard there because people would eat you up, you know? I mean, they would just make fun of you. They would tease you. And so, you know, then he goes to MMA and he all of a sudden has this persona that he's the hardest dude ever and he's so cool. And it's like, that's, it's fake. And here's why, Errol, everyone sees that it's fake. That's why I can't get fans because we know it's fraudulent. It's not real. And that's why I was so annoyed. And, I, and that's why I says like, that's not the dude that you were like you came to MMA and you thought you had to beat this other person, but people are seeing through it. It's like when John Jones tried to act like a goody two shoes, like, mm. you know, you know, when people really started liking John Jones mm. when he stopped acting like a goody two shoes. Cause we thought, damn, we're getting the real John Jones now. Well, you know what? The real John Jones, he isn't perfect. He's not a goody two shoes. You know what? We love that. We love the real John Jones. He's just a real dude. He makes mistakes. He says some mean things. You know, he's a little bit arrogant. Well, you know what? He was the youngest UFC champion ever. He probably should be a little bit arrogant. We like that. So when we saw the real John Jones, we said we embraced it. We said we love that. People don't – sometimes people can't even explain to you. And obviously people well, – most fans don't have this personal interaction that I do with Usman where I know that he's really not acting real. And, but they can feel it, right? Just mm -hmm. like they can feel it with John Jones. And so, you know, th those are the two that come to my head. It's like people – you know, it was like, D I love DC. You know, DC is my boy. I was so annoyed when John Jones started acting like an asshole to DC and people were booing DC. It's like, DC's not, how are you going to boo DC? He's like the nicest guy ever. And John Jones is an asshole. But they loved it. They loved John Jones being real. And people, people don't like fraudulence. They love it when people are authentic. And, and so they were booing DC because they loved it. Not because they hated DC, but because they loved John Jones. And it, it was fantastic. It, it was entertaining to watch. Do you feel like that's why people love Masvidal so much? I mean, obviously the fights yeah. last year were great, but like showing up in the robe and the beard and the hair and all that. Why do you think there's such an, inf I mean, this guy's been in the, you don't see in sports, period, yeah. not just MMA. You don't see a guy come into his own as a personality 17 years into his career. Like usually, yeah, it, it's a well, I put the spot. I put the spotlight on him, right? <laughs> it's I all you. But it is, right? I mean, his, his Twitter followers, Instagram followers, it went 5X here. I, I put the spotlight on him. I, I played the foil to him. I let him shine. And Well, unfortunately, right? I thought I was going to crush him. But, you know, he, and he, he says some of these things like the three-piece in a soda that are like maybe he's not intentionally funny, but, again, it's really authentic. Mm -hmm. And people love that. You know, when he said effing super necessary, which I feel like he was kind of a douche for punching me when I was already unconscious. That was just unnecessary. Uh, but he said it was super necessary. Like, you know what? It's pretty funny. I mean, I was, I was the dude that got punched. And you know what I'll say? Listen, that was George being real, and that was kind of funny. You know, even though it was me, and I, and I thought he was a douchebag for punching me after I was unconscious. Uh, it was kind of funny. So, yes, there, there is a certain authenticity to George that, that people really, really enjoy. That it, and listen, 
Think about the people who are really popular. They're very authentic. And when they start getting fake, they start, they start their demise. I mean, you know, one, I think Rhonda was really authentic in the beginning. And I thought she started having this prima donna thing to her and people freaking hated it. Mm. Um, that interaction that the ESPN MMA uh, Instagram account highlighted between you and a fan of the five seconds and all that. Do you get that? Like, especially now, do you, do you get a lot of trolls who try to make fun of you about this? I smash them. What does that mean? I put them all in their place. Listen, I ignore a bunch. So here's what I do. Listen, I grab my phone. Hey, remember yeah. the time I grabbed my phone and I told you I thought uh, something about Dylan Dennis <laughs> and then I actually muted him because he's such a dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Okay, so here's what I do. I'll go right now. So okay. I go to my mansions. Yeah. I check my verified to see if there's anyone important that said anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then I go to, um, I go to all mansions and I scroll, right? And I scroll and every once in a while I'll stop on something and there'll be some dipshit saying something and then I'll hammer smash him, you know? It's like, dude, how long did it take you to realize you shouldn't have went for the double leg against Masvidal? You know, we're like, you shouldn't have done that. It's like, oh, okay, does it take a an effing genius to uh, figure that one out? Come on. So give us the funky breakdown. How does the fight actually play out? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I I'm interested in it because, you know, there is part of me that actually says Usman is able to take him down and control him for a long period of time. Um, but, oh, hey, you know what? I talked about where a wrestler gets tired. You know what the perfect example of that is? Why mm. didn't think of this earlier? My, uh, Maya Masvidal. Maya got tired in the third round, and, and Masvidal very clearly won the third round. That is a great example. Maya was able to take him down the first two rounds, but it, you know, was, I don't want to say exhausted, but was worn down from taking him down and had a very tough third round, and he, and he clearly lost that third round. So, you know, there, there's part of me that says maybe Usman can take him down for five rounds to hold him down, and there's part of me that says, George either stuffs some of the takedowns and and or um, gets him tired from trying to take him down, and then in the latter rounds is not able to do so. And I, you know, I think if it's just a striking battle, battle, I, th I think I think it's pretty obvious that George wins that one. So you know, I I would probably lean towards uh, I would probably lean towards Usman for sure. But oh, after uh, all that, I thought you were going with your boy. Um, I but I think there's distinct possibilities where Masvidal can win. Okay, so the official yes. pick is. Oh, I hate saying it. Like it pains me to say it, but yes, I, I think Usman's gonna win, and, and that's so annoying. Decision. I, I would say yeah. I, I have a hard time seeing Usman finishing Masvidal. I, I think that's I think that's relatively unlikely. Do you go back to Burns after that, or do you do you take him in a different direction? I think yeah, who, yeah, you gotta go back to Burns. I mean, well, again, again. So if this what fight about is Leon Edwards, poor Hold guy, on. people forgot about him. Yeah. If this fight is if this fight is competitive, if this fight is competitive and Masvidal loses, Masvidal will get a rematch. Interesting. Oh, with a yes. full camp. Interesting. With a full camp. Yes. They'll they'll run that angle because it's going to do good numbers. You and yeah. I both agree. It's yeah. going to do yeah. good numbers. UFC wants to do good numbers again. Gilbert Burns will not do good numbers. Um, and if it's really if it's very uncompetitive and boring, like Masvidal's not able to stuff any takedowns or not able to get up, they're obviously not going to give him the rematch. But if it's if it's competitive. Right, if it's 48, 47, if it's really competitive, if there's you know really bright moments for George, they're gonna give him a rematch. If Masvidal wins, you do Diaz two for the belt. I mean, I don't. I, th I think that's dumb, but I think there's a really distinct possibility the UFC does that. The other, the other thing that you know, you know, the other, the other thing is McGregor's gonna move up and fight him, mm. and that okay. will be you know a gigantic fight. So because McGregor obviously wants that third title, Usman will be a terrible matchup for McGregor in my opinion. Um, and so that's why that fight was, was not made, but Masvidal McGregor, it'll be McGregor Masvidal if Masvidal wins. 
Okay, so the official pick is Usman. Um, just curious before I let you go, Volkanovski Holloway. Just give me a name. You don't have to go a whole uh, breakdown. Yeah, I would say Volkanovski. I, I I think he won fairly clearly the last time. I you know I don't know that Max is going to make enough improvements this time to make a difference. Jan Aldo. Uh, I think Jan. He's been really impressive. Um, obviously, there's part of me that says Jose Aldo could. St- still win and, and you know both of them are, are really fast and both of them hit really hard so that, that you know that kind of always leads me to say you know both guys have a really good opportunity um yeah nami Yunus andraj uh rose we'll go rose but that's right. a tough one and does Paige van zand cash it in in her Dude. last fight this is a no. fight i know you're no rebus is a savage did you see her yeah. against mackenzie dern she's for she's kind of a badass so you think she goes into free agency off a loss, loses all her leverage? Yeah. Yeah. I By the way, that was cool of you uh, to give the fighters some, uh, you know, advice on taxes after the Mike Perry stuff. Yeah. I know you and uh, you and Eddie Alvarez, I think, did a really good thing for yeah. the fighters. Well, then I I actually did a podcast with the guy who owns a CPA firm. Um, okay. I, I it is it's up for free on Rockfin. Anyone can watch it. We talked about. Um, some of the misconceptions on write-offs, on LLCs, on all those things, um, you know, kind of just giving, giving fighters a perspective on, on what they should do. Because, yes, these fighters are clueless. The UFC, does, the UFC does nothing to help. Most managers do nothing to help. So you kind of are left on your own to educate yourself, um, and that obviously doesn't turn out well for everybody. Last thing, why do you change your name on Twitter almost every day? Like now it's Troll Smasher, I think. Like why, why go through the trouble of that every single day? Um, you know what? I got, I got bored during quarantine because, you know, there was, I don't know what, three, three months where we had no AWA going on. Um, and, you know, there was probably two months where I were, I mean, I stayed home for three weeks, did not leave my house. Um, but there was probably a two-month period where I was leaving relatively infrequently. Three weeks? I'm going on four months without leaving my house. Well, you live in New York City. Mm, so? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Wisconsin. Okay. dude, Errol, Wisconsin people don't give a damn right now. Listen, <laughs> my wife and I went to a social gathering at my buddy's house last oh, week. No. Um, you know, it was five families, all families we're pretty oh, close with. On. But, dude, we're going back. Errol, there is a country western concert going on. And we're oh. like, holy, mo- I mean, Errol, there's 2,500 people there. And it's a bunch of old people. And oh, we're like, no. dude, what oh, is no. going on? <laughs> people, don't, they literally don't care. But, you know, the cases aren't going up. And so I guess they're not seeing. They're not seeing the effects of it or, or something. I, I, listen, people in Wisconsin, they don't really care. People are out everywhere. Uh, the lake was packed on the 4th of July. The beaches are packed every day if I go out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild here. But, yeah, so anyways, I got bored during quarantine. I started changing it. People it entertain people. It's now, you know, I don't do it every day, but I try to do it, you know, a couple times a week. I'll just whatever's on my mind. Well, you are a very busy man. You've got a lot going on. Crazy uh, what has happened over the past year. Good to catch up with you on the anniversary of one of our more uh, famous interviews in the, uh, the history of the show. I appreciate you doing this. Ben Askren, enjoy the fights on Saturday. I'm assuming you you'll it. be watching. Yes? I'll, I'll be watching. I'm having some people over. Uh, oh, you're, you're not invited, though. But we yeah, are, I don't want to be invited. Are you kidding me? I want Dude, nothing Errol, to do with stop. It. You're not that scared. Stop. You're not that scared of it. Don't lie. I'm pretty scared. I don't you know if are? You know this. I'm, I'm a very weak human being. I don't know if you know, but I'm very scared. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Okay, I appreciate it. See ya. Ben Askren, like I said, always money. Great to catch up with him. Exactly one year after that uh, infamous interview on the program. Great stuff from him. Always love hearing from him. His takes are great. Whether you agree or not, he's entertaining. And uh, when I found out that Usman and Masvidal are fighting, 
uh, I thought, all right, we got to get Ben Askren back on the show, and I'm glad that he accepted. So matter of seconds, we're going to be joined by Henry Hooft. Uh, very interested to hear his take on the whole Burns, Usman, Usman changing camp situation. But first, Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, now here's my conversation with Henry Hooft. It's been a very uh, busy time for you and the team, and so I appreciate uh, you giving us some time here today. Uh, obviously, one of the big stories this week, UFC 251, uh, Kamar Usman uh, fighting once again, defending his title. It was supposed to be Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Now it's Usman versus Jorge Masvidal, as you know. And uh, when it was Usman versus Gilbert Burns, you were a major part of that story because Kamar Usman has been training with you for years now. You were his uh, main striking coach for so many years. You were by his side as he was coming up and when he won the title, of course. And of course, you have uh, molded Gilbert Burns into one of the best fighters in the UFC as well. So this became a really interesting story. Then we found out that Usman uh, moved to Colorado to train with uh, Trevor Whitman, and uh, it was going to be this uh, you know, friend-colleague versus colleague, teammate versus teammate story, but now it's obviously not turning out that way. I still wanted to talk to you about it all. So first, let me ask you, if this fight was never booked, was Usman always going to leave Sanford MMA, or did he leave, according to what you know, um, just because he didn't want to train in the same place as Gilbert Burns? Yeah, no, uh, I think uh, Kamaru uh, always uh, is a part of our team. And uh, when I spoke to him, he said it, uh, uh, it uh, Florida has always been my home base. And uh, uh, he went trade. He, he always, when he's back in Dallas with family, he always pops up in the gym. Uh, he's been to a couple of gyms and also worked with Trevor. And Trevor's, of course, a very good coach. Uh, Trevor makes all my, all my, uh, my equipment. So I have a good contact with Trevor. And uh, we talked about it, too. And um, so, no, I think Florida will be his, his home base. And uh, he's one of our team members for as long as I know. And all the guys in our gym respect him the same way. I don't think anything changed. Um, I, uh, I read only in the interview that, uh, that somebody, if, that, that he said that he wanted some extra attention. I, I think, like I said before, I don't want to get into too much drama because there really isn't. Uh, for me, he's my team member. Uh, one of my students, he's my world champion. He changed my life the way I changed his life. and. Uh, we will see after this fight, but even when uh, when uh, when he left to Colorado, I really didn't train Gilbert. Everybody knows I didn't hold bets for him. Everybody else was working because I, I still considered him both of these guys my students. So it was a it was a difficult time, you know. And uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think it, Kamara would have left for the whole camp, maybe for a couple of weeks. Uh, and I don't I don't think that's something that's bad for some students. Also to see what's there and how that works with other people. As long as you keep your relationship real and uh, and and also when you, your student goes to the right people, that's not really a problem because uh, if you would go to somebody that I, I thought like, I don't know why you go there, then I probably had a discussion and, and if he wanted to leave, I would say, good luck to you, you know, but it wasn't. Me and Trevor have contact even when he's supposed to fight Gilbert. It was hard for me. I was a little heartbroken because it's two of my guys, you know, it's bittersweet. Mm-hmm. And when I talked to Trevor, he uh, we had a real good talk and he... He, he made me feel uh, like, yeah, it's two of your guys. You have to be proud of that, that they, they, they came there, you know, and that, that, that you all grow to, to be like that. So, 
His face is in my gym. His photos are in my gym. Uh, his posters in my gym. He has so much family in my gym. Him and Robbie, that piling up my office, man. These guys, they need to, they need to keep that shit away from me. But yeah. So uh, hopefully he'll be back. Uh, we will see. But first, he has a big fight, and uh, I just texted him by the way, see how he feels. So uh, let's see. Yeah, because I can't imagine as a coach, you know, here you have a situation where you have two guys who you, you helped groom. You were a massive part of their maturation as fighter. And obviously Usman's the champ and Gilbert is having this incredible year. He beats Tyron Woodley. When he beats Woodley, the mix of emotions must have been really incredible for you, right? Like, what were you feeling inside? Because at that point, you must have known, my gosh, this, this might be inevitable. I might have a real problem here. What were you thinking then? Yeah, you have, and that's that's uh, that's what uh, Kamaru always also said. We have Vincente Luque, Gilbert Burns, Kamaru Usman, uh, Danny Roberts still far away, but he's there. And I did, we have a couple of very good 170 guys in that gym, also in Bellator, but in the UFC. And uh, so there was always we talked about it before. Uh, we thought first Vincente before he fought Wonderboy. Oh shit, he's gonna if he beats Wonderboy, he's gonna be close to fighting Kamaru. Uh, so. Uh, so you always have to figure that out. It's very hard. Uh, if you have so many good fighters, like I said before, we have ar around 17 people in the UFC. You know, it's, it's just a lot of people. Uh, and the competition is so high and they get so much feed off each other. They get so much better that one day they will fight each other. And uh, as a trainer, it's, of course, very hard. But that's why I said to you, that's why I didn't want to do any interviews uh, with anybody because I don't want to be uh, uh, the main role. These two guys are the main role. They, 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 they did it. Of course, we helped out. But... Uh, I don't want to choose any sides. I just don't want to do that because uh, I would just let them fight each other. And nowadays, with no, no audiences, look, it's more of a sparring match. They could have done it even here in Florida in the cage. Uh -huh. Cameras on it. And if you see these guys spar, they spar like they're fighting. Like, it's really true. My, our sparring is really hard. They, they go hard, and that's probably a part of our success. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I know mixed feelings, but again, like I said, it's it's all about these two guys. And now it's just uh, sad to hear that uh, one guy's dream is taken away. And, um, uh, but I'm happy that, of course, uh, Kamaru can show uh, this Saturday uh, why he's the champ, you know? Once uh, Kamaru decided to go to Colorado, and obviously you're at the gym and you played a big part in, in Gilbert's rise, why didn't you work with Gilbert? Well, I, I, I just think, and again, because <clears throat> I... If you, if, if, you, if you have a problem with a fighter or your bad terms, I can understand it. But I don't think it's fair if, if you've been, been so long to, with, with each other, so loyal. You have to understand, these, our fighters bring their children in the gym. My wife takes care of the children. It's like we have a really good bond. So it's not just, it's just very hard to be in the middle. And I did uh, three, three and a half weeks ago, I did my last pet session with uh, Usman on wow. a day when, and, and I did the last pet session the day after in Gilbert's garage. And the rest, Gilbert trained at the gym, but I didn't give him any advice or uh, because at the end of the day, both these guys know how uh, they have to fight each other. And I'd never been in this position before at this level that I had to have this around the gym. But it was a good decision for Kamaru to go over there. Uh, he, he had his camp over there. Gilbert did his thing over here. All our students that train with Gilbert train also with Kamaru. And there's nobody saying, oh, uh, Kamaru's left ear is hurting or his pinky is not good. They fight each other every day. They know exactly what they're going to do. So that was the intriguing part of it. And um, I think for me, it's just better to step out of it and not take sides. Again, because if you stand in somebody's corner, they think you're against the other guy. And I'm not against the other guy because the other guy is my champion. Uh, it's hard. And uh, yeah. And some people ask me also, like, uh, 
okay, you can just go there and sit in the audience and just enjoy two of your, but it's not. I, I probably wouldn't even look at the fight. Not because mm. I, I'm scared, but I just like, uh, let them figure it out and then we, we will see it the, the next day at MMA Junkie or something, you know what happened. So it's not so easy as it looks. Once Gilbert was forced to pull out of the fight, was there any talk of you cornering Camaro? No, I think also, first of all, the time frame was really weird because I was in uh, Vegas uh, with uh, Sato, one of my Japanese guys, and uh, a great fight. And uh, I stayed a day longer in Vegas uh, because I'm supposed to train Gilbert anyway. So I think I stayed a day longer. I have some celebration with my Japanese friend and everything. And then some stuff happened. Uh, and I went back on Monday night and then uh, he was leaving the next day. And it went so fast that it was already halfway up that everything came about. And then there was no thought of me. And I don't know if there was a thought on Kamaru's side, but he was already on his way back to Dallas to come back to Florida to pick up his daughter and be with his daughter. So the time frame was so weird and everything. And and it already has his people where he trained with for three and a half weeks. Trevor, his brother is always in the corner. George Santiago is with me always at every fight. Um, So again... We texted, you know, and uh, he went back to Vegas and it went so fast and now he's there and he's been prepared. So, uh, no, it's good like this. Has Kamaru told you that once this fight is over, he's coming back to the gym? Yeah. Okay, yeah, but what not- happens now? Because it's, it's Masvidal, right? So there's a very good chance that he wins this fight. They're going to go back to Gilbert, right? They're going to do the yeah, Gilbert yeah, fight. No, but it, like we said before, when we had that little talk, sit down with each other, um, with other coaches and he said I'm going to go there do my camp there and uh, uh, he said but I'm I'm going to be back here this is this is my home base you know uh, so uh, whatever happens I'm just going to do that for now and we uh, we all agreed upon it so I think that's still the same thing he still he still needs to come back to pick up his post <laughs> but yeah if we will fight Gilbert again then we have the same situation uh, and uh and we do exactly the same. I will do exactly the same. I will stay out of it. I will stay out of the out of everything because again, there are two of my guys. But like I said to you before, it's crazy, man. I have three people in elevate this weekend. Then we got like Bellator, UFC. Once once one FC is going to pick up, we have like around thirty-five high-level fighters here, and we have three coaches. Um, so wow. it's it's a, it's a hard work, and that's why I'm so happy that we uh, that we partner up with Sanford uh, Sanford Health. So our budget is going up a little bit. We got a brand new facility, and these people give us uh, the opportunity to uh, to get a big, bigger staff. And uh, I want to do a lot of stuff, developmental team. I want to I want to turn this thing into an NFL kind of NBA kind of program. You know, uh, that's what mm. that's my next next task really. I want to read you a quote that Kamaru gave uh, my colleague Brett Okamoto at ESPN. He said. Quote, I think eventually I would have changed things up anyway. We had a lot of welterweights at the gym. At some point when you're training with these guys on a daily basis and you're the champion of the world, these guys know you in and out. And if they get the better of you one day, they're licking their chops thinking it's their time. A little separation from that is good. It keeps that element of surprise because these guys feel like they know you. What do you make of that quote? Do you, do you agree that eventually he would have had to change yeah. things up? Yeah, I think so. I think he made the right decision. And, he, he, and again, it's, if everything goes with respect, and that's on both sides, for sure, with me and my fighters, <laughs> is, uh, is, yeah, I understand that. Totally understand that. And also, uh, uh, he understands our – and uh, we talked about it. He understands also the coach's uh, feelings because we can't just 
train one guy. Of course, we do separate trainings with our guys. But our, I think the, the strength of our team is that these guys all train together at some certain days and do things together. And it's, it's, only, uh, it's only a good, a good sign of, you, of your guys' work if, you, if all these guys getting to the next level. And, uh, and that's why it's good. A lot of people do. Even Pacquiao did it. He went somewhere for another camp. It's good to go somewhere else and uh, be around other people and see what's the difference. You know, especially at that at that level, especially at his part, uh, point of his career. There's a lot of young, hungry, upcoming fighters, and I totally understand it. You know, so yeah, there's nothing wrong with that quote. I understand what he means. Is is there any part of you that worried a little bit? He goes over there and he really likes it and doesn't come back. No, not really. Because, first of all, I think where he trains, Trevor, again, uh, uh, is a really, really good coach. Like, again, we have a really good relationship. Uh, I really like Trevor. So, uh, I don't think there's, uh, there's any worrying for me. Because, again, I already built that house together with him. That's the way I call it. I built the house. If there will be another trainer, he, yeah, I will see that as somebody who puts nice curtains in and a sofa. But the house was already, already built. We changed each other's life. If it stops here... If it stops here, and I and I know I don't think it will stop here again. Florida is his home base. He has his teammates. Uh, I think uh, I think we did a great thing, you know. And um, no, it's it all goes in res- when you do stuff with respect and understand and understanding. And I was a fighter before. I trained at a couple of other gyms, but I did my last couple of uh, fights with my first coach. So uh, if you do it with respect, then uh, nothing is really wrong, you know. There's always a door is always open again when you want to come back. Uh, you know, your teammates are open for it. Uh, respect is the most important thing that you need. And again, you cannot stop people if they want to learn something somewhere else. It's good for them to see how it is somewhere else. So, no, it's good. How is Gilbert feeling? He's good. He's good. He had some, he had some headaches. That's the only thing that he really had. Like, with this crazy thing, a lot of people have, like, no, no symptoms. Yeah. Uh, that's probably also the scary thing. But, no, he had some, he had some headaches and... Uh, He's good. He's relaxing with the family. He's been training. He's been fighting in March, May. So uh, he fought a lot. So uh, he's been chilling and relaxing. And I think he got retested next week. Uh, and when he's cleared to, to, uh, to come back, he's going to help out. Because uh, we got, again, like I said, we got Logan Storley. He's fighting Bellator soon. Uh, we got a couple of guys that, uh, that uh, we need help with. And that's the good thing about our guys, too. Everybody after the fight, Sato is going to be back. Uh, these guys are going to be back because at, the, at this moment in the UFC and in the MMA world, you get a call. Uh, you, can, you can fight them two weeks from now, three weeks from now. Your opportunity is there. You cannot say, yeah, I need an eight-week training camp. And that's a good right. thing about – and also Kumaru. They're always in the gym. They're always, they're always ready to go. So that's a good thing. They never take a break or something. So um, you'll be – uh, any, any concerns? You know, obviously, as, as one of the head coaches at Sanford about, you know, trying to keep the guys healthy because uh, – you know, obviously what happened to Gilbert was very unfortunate. I know Ong Lang Sang um, tested positive as well. You know, these guys are, it's impossible to not be around each other, right? And you're sweating and all this stuff. Any concerns about, and, and you're in Florida and it, it unfortunately hasn't been very good in Florida. Are you concerned about that, about keeping the guys healthy and, and not allowing an outbreak to happen at the gym? Yeah, no, for sure. But we, of course, we always worry, worried about certain stuff but the guys that are training now for the fights are, are already tested like they're already tested because now we're they're smart enough to think okay we need to get tested sooner than later because uh, if you get tested positive you lose your paycheck so uh, we split up we have two locations so the people that are really really have no sim- symptoms and, and they haven't been tested they train at the first location and they're all good 
and uh, the guys that have fights coming up, they're training only with people that are already tested. So, uh, yeah, we tried to do as much as possible. Like, but, like, again, we had one house where, where four fighters were. Two were negative, two were positive. One got retested, he was negative, and he got tested positive after. It's like, mm. it's so weird, you know? It's very difficult to handle. But, again, the guys, Jason Jackson, uh, Matt, Matt is here, Matt Mitrione, these guys, they train with the guys that already tested and they're already good. So, we tried to do the best we, we, we can, so... 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. What is it going to be like for you on Saturday? Will you even watch the fight? There's your student, a guy who you helped become a UFC champion. I believe your first UFC champion, right? When he beat uh, Tyron Woodley. And uh, you're at home and he's fighting his bitter rival. Masvidal is such a big fight. What is that going to be like for you? And, and will you even watch it? Yeah, I, I'm going to watch this one because uh, it's different, of course. Uh, and I want to, uh, of course, I'm going to just support him. Uh, like I said, last week I sent him a little message about, about the fight, about Bob Masvidal, who I really respect because I really like people like that. They just come to fight too. Although sometimes... The talking is a little bit too much for me. Not not only Masvidal, but with everybody. But I know it's now a part of the game. But I really like Masvidal. So uh, so I sent him a message, what I think. Uh, and we had a little conversation about it. But no, I, I'm very intrigued about this fight because I, I want to see if, uh, again, it's been eight years training this guy. People underestimate his stand-up too. Uh, I think it's going to be really intriguing to see if, uh, if he does what he does normally and maybe add something. I don't know. But... Uh, uh, and it's also intriguing to see how Masvidal uh, uh, fights this fight because uh, as a, just as a as a pure uh, from the outside looking guy, it's a real uh, good matchup, you know. Hmm. But I think uh, I, I, again I, because I like to see Masvidal fight every fight, and of course, Usman is my guy. Intriguing fight, but uh, like I said before, if Usman trains the way he always trains, he's so focused, and he takes the steps better by better, he gets better by better. He's a difficult guy to beat. Uh, very difficult guy to beat for anybody. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, would, would you have watched it if it was Burns versus Usman? No, no. You just really? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just uh, watch it again. Uh, I just sit here in my garden, wait till the fight is over, and then just hear it and see it back. Um, yeah. I'm not really interested in it then at uh, that moment because I just want them both. Them both. His dream is to become champion, and the other uh, person is the champion. So it's uh, it's this is hard, you know, to pick a pick side. In kickboxing, I never really had it too. We had like at the K1 that when I trained Peter and so, and then I know Ernesto. Uh, 
they all fought each other, but it was different. This is just, uh, I don't know, because eight years, I mean, Gilbert from the beginning and then Usman really from the beginning. So that's a long time, you know, that's, uh, that's not, and I, like I always say, I'm not just, a, I'm a trainer, I'm very personal too. Like I said, the kids come here, uh, we go to their homes, we're close people, you know, so it's, it's not so easy. I was thinking of you when, when uh, he unfortunately had to pull out of the fight because at that point, you got all the way up to a week before the fight. Okay, this, un- you know, this uncomfortable situation is going to come to an end. And then he's out, and now you're going to have to go through this if Usman wins all over again. So I, I was wondering, like, you were probably sad for Gilbert, but also, oh, my gosh, now this is going to be delayed, so we're going to have to – you know, because it was about to end at some point, right? They were going to fight, and yeah. you would have to move on. So how did you yeah. feel when you heard the news? Yeah, like you described it. Like, again, in between, like, okay, okay, they're not going to fight each other. Sad, but I'm like, okay, they're not going to fight each other. Then he's going to fight Masvidal. Okay, if he wins that fight, he's still going to fight Gilbert. So we're going to get back to the same stuff again. Uh, um, you know, it's, uh, but again, it's in- inevitable. I mean, again, Vincente fights two, three fights. Uh, you have three devastating knockouts. He's so close to it's. It's just like, it's weird, you know, uh, I don't know. It's 170 guys are also like, and Kamaru played a big part of it. He made a lot of these 170 guys so much better because his wrestling, also his striking, and then Gilbert with his BJJ and and all that mixture. All these fighters around that, they feed off of that, and they get so much better that you got a pool of people. Like I said, six, seven, and with the Bellator, maybe ten people at 170. Jason Jackson, Logan Storley, these guys are all like so close and so good. That's hard. And uh, again, it's a luxury uh, position when you have all these good fighters in your gym and you, you really want to you, you train your team to become one of the best teams in the world and one of the best fighters in the world. But you never really predict that they're going to fight each other. We, I always thought like, okay, Gilbert's at 155. But I always said to Gilbert, you need to go 170. And he would tell you that from the start. I would never want to aim at 155 because he got so much weight. But I always thought, oh, Kamaru is going to be there for a couple of years and the next uh, person come. But uh, Kamaru was playing to stand, stay there a couple more years. So, uh, hmm. Usman Masvidal, since you're not involved, can you tell us how you think it's going to go down? Yes. I'm always bored uh, when I give these answers. I always say I cannot look in the future, blah, 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 <laughs> whatever. But like I said before, I'm a big fan of uh, Masvidal. Really, I am. He's, he's a great guy. And, I, and I really, every time he fights, I tune in, even if I have to pay for it, because he's, a, he's an exciting fighter. You know, I like his style of fighting. I like everything around him. But I still think that at 170, and I said it to everybody, even Gilbert, everybody, at 170, if he trains right and he's focused, it's very difficult to beat Kamaru Usman. He, uh, he took the right steps to become the champion. He also takes the right steps in training. Um, of course, I didn't see all, all of it now, but I assume he does exactly the same things. He's very focused. So um, I think he will win the fight and he stay champion. And he will fight Gilbert Burns. But uh, in MMA, everything is possible. You know, it's like, that's why everybody wants to see it. It's different than boxing. It's, it's just different. So, uh, but I go for my guy. Champion stays champion. Thank you for the time, Henry. I appreciate it as always. And wish you guys, the whole team coming up this month with all those fights, the very best. Thank you very much, Ariel. Thank you for talking to me. Really appreciate Henry coming on the show. 
I had been bothering him for quite some time to talk about this whole situation, and he finally said yes. Perhaps it helped that uh, Burns was out of the fight, but this could be an issue if, if Usman wins on Saturday. They're going to probably run that one back with Burns, and he's going to be finding himself in the same situation. I'm really curious to see if Usman goes to Colorado, really likes it there, because that's a great team with Trevor Whitman, and just doesn't come back. That could happen. It has happened before, and it could certainly happen here. Uh, but again, like I said to him, it is a testament to what he has built with that team uh, to have two guys who are fighting for a belt in the UFC. I mean, there's no greater compliment, in my opinion, to a coach. Of course, uh, it's an uncomfortable situation, but I'm sure he takes pride in that as well. All right, now time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time for TST's Minimalist Tip of the Week. And of course, it is presented by our good friends over at Modelo. Modelo Especial, setting the gold standard for authentic Mexican beer since 1925. Modelo. Root for those with a fighting spirit. TST's Minimalist Tip of the Week. Ariel, I wanted to wish you a happy birthday and to let you know that I got you nothing. Well, I appreciate that. Minimalist and I didn't want to get you anything. But I do have a great minimalist tip, and I think this is one that you will get a lot of enjoyment out of. Uh, I know you have an iPhone. Many of us have an iPhone. And if you ever want to delete a contact, a phone contact from your address book, it is very difficult. It is way more complicated than it needs to be. So I discovered a great app called Contact Cleaner because mm -hmm. as a minimalist, I like to get rid of contacts of people that I haven't spoken to in a while. I used Contact Cleaner a few weeks ago. I had 400 something contacts and I pared it down to about 150 of people that I actually talked to or may get a text message from in the near future or I got one recently. So I advise you, who I uh, would imagine has a lot of contacts, thousands of contacts of people that you don't talk to anymore, I would suggest going to Contact Cleaner, downloading it. It syncs up with your phone contacts, and you basically just run through a checklist, check that person is deleted from your contacts. There you go. Well, first off, I appreciate the good wishes. I appreciate the fact that you gave me nothing because I would expect nothing less from you. Um, you know... This is a microcosm for the way I live. I don't like to throw anything out, including papers, scraps, you know, give away old stuff. So I, I do agree with you that I have way too many contacts and I will never get rid of any of them because my thinking is, well, in five years, I may need this person. Who knows? Why would I get rid of them now? I worked hard to get that contact. It's not really clogging up my phone. It's not taking up more space, not taking up more memory or anything of that nature. So why do I need to delete it? it? There's there's more bad that comes from deleting it than keeping it, in my opinion. So this one, I say thanks, but no thanks. It's the mental clutter. Maybe it bothers mm. me more than it bothers you because, I mean, I'm surprised it doesn't bother you because everything seems to bother you. The fact that this doesn't bother you bothers well, me. Okay. It bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we appreciate the tip nonetheless, and we'll be hearing more from TST this Friday, my friends, because Helwani Island is the real deal. We've got a live Ariel Hawani's MMA show going down Friday, July 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's our first ever live virtual event. You know, we've done the road shows, right? And we did the uh, the, the Hawani Knows uh, Trivia Challenge and all that stuff. Well, this time, it's going to be a great time. Uh, it's myself, TST New York. Rick will be there. DC, you heard him on the program on Monday say that he'll be there as well. And uh, you guys can be there too. And I've, I've heard that we've got hundreds of people already signed up and more can sign up as well. There's no limit. So let's break this thing. Let's get 4,000 people there. It's going to be great. We'll get you set for 251. Uh, answer some questions so you can submit your questions right now. All you have to do to sign up is go to bit.ly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Helwani Island. One word 
H-E-L-W-A-N-I Island, all lowercase to register today. That's all you have to do. Bit.ly forward slash Helwani Island. And I'll see you July 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then on July 11th, the day of UFC 251, I'm back with another show. How about that? You can't get rid of me, baby. I'm going to be everywhere on Saturday, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, iHeartRadio app, Smart Speaker, anywhere radio can be heard. It's the Helwani Show back on the airwaves, getting you set once and for all for UFC 251. I can't wait for that. For now, though, we are out of time. Thanks so much to all of you for listening, downloading, subscribing, rating, reviewing. Thank you for the support for the Monday show with DC. I'll be back on Friday for the virtual event, on Saturday for the radio show, and then on Monday to talk to my man, Daniel Cormier, about the madness that is to come on Fight Island. Enjoy, my friends. I'll talk to you soon.